Good morning, everyone. I would like to welcome you to those in person, those online, and welcome and congratulations to a few of you. So I would like to start with a reading from Whisper from Eternity, a book of poems and Prayer Demand by Paramahansa Yogananda. This one says, I was made for thee alone. I was made for dropping flowers of devotion gently at thy feet on the altar of the morning. My hands were made to serve thee willingly, to remain folded in adoration, waiting for thy coming, and when thou comest, to bathe thy feet with my tears. My voice was made to sing thy glory. My feet were made to seek thy temples everywhere. My eyes were made a chalice to hold thy burning love and the wisdom falling from thy nature's hands. My ears were made to catch the music of thy footsteps echoing through the halls of space and to hear thy divine melodies flowing through all heart tracts of devotion. My lips were made to breathe for thy praises and thy intoxicating inspirations. My love was made to throw incandescent searchlight flames to find thee hidden in the forest of my desires. My heart was made to respond to thy call alone. My soul was made to be the channel through which thy love might flow uninterruptedly into thy thirsty souls. The reading today, this poem, kind of condense and shows all that we need to know to move forward in the spiritual life. But sometimes it doesn't matter how many times we hear the teachings, we read about them, we may still some work to do. And sometimes we, well, it is a natural journey of the soul of expansion but there is two kinds of expansion, the one outside and the one inside, the inward one. So that sometimes is a, it's kind of easy to confuse. And when we are trying to expand our soul, we may try to find it in the world on more, more experiences, visiting new places, doing more, having more, but sooner or later, we realize that that, will, that won't give us what we really want. What we need to do, though, is to try to find that expansion within, in stillness, in dedication, and devotion. Thinking about this kind of expansion, and especially that outward expression, remind me of uh, experience I had Many, many years ago, I used to enjoy riding these fairy wheels. And now I think about it, and I don't know what I was thinking at that time, but it seemed like a good idea, I guess. But I remember the very last time I went into one of these rides. It was so painful that I haven't done it ever since. It really is in my memory like it was yesterday. The situation was that as this ferry wheel was 
especially moving down, I realized that the security bar has a, had a gap. And my leg was starting to went through that gap. So much so that almost the full leg went through that hole. So I needed to sneak into the corner and hold that security bar. That experience was at the beginning of the ride. So those few minutes were the longest in my life. But thinking about that, now being in the spiritual path, I think that had two big purposes that I really remember. One of them is that even though I was kind of suffering, like I was about to flow, fly out of that uh, place, some people were enjoying it. And I, <laughs> I was screaming, like, please stop. But they were thinking that I was having fun. So it didn't matter how much I would plead for getting out of that ride. I was stuck on it. And it was very interesting that at the end of the ride, some people were ready to go again. I was done. <laughs> so in bringing this into the spiritual life and the spiritual lessons is that we sometimes find that coming to this world again and again with all the ups and downs, there is a moment that we feel, I'm done with this. And when we are there, we are in good hands. Because if we are ready to let go, we are almost on the door to get out of this journey. The other big lesson is that it doesn't matter how soon you realize that you want to get out, you're stuck on it. <laughs> so better for you, better for us to hold tight to the security bar. And in this case, our security bar is our guru. It's the master that is holding our hand, protecting us, keeping us safe, even sometimes we go up, sometimes we go down. But we, when we hold tight to Master, when we call his presence, he's right there to protect us and to walk with us, no matter how hard it may look like. Now, we have this grace, we have this beautiful gift. And in this soul journey, there is, the end is clear and is the same for everyone which is to find God. And that's unavoidable. That's our destiny. So why to wait? Well, we keep trying. And in this journey, we have a big responsibility as well. We need to try our best, no matter how it looks like, but we need to keep trying with willingness and awareness. You may have seen or heard about the movie Lord of the Rings. We have been seeing it recently, and it was a phrase that really caught my attention. It was this main character, Frodo, which he's, he was holding this special ring, and he was feeling so down and fearful and desperate, but with the responsibility that was dumped on him, he needed to take care of this ring. And when he was talking with his guru, Gandalf, Gandalf responded, we don't decide the circumstances we live. What we decide is what do we do with the time that has been given us. So the same for all of us. We don't choose the circumstances. We don't choose what happened. But what we can choose is what do we do 
So when we bring this awareness, when we bring Guru to our day-to-day, to our decisions, to our life, every obstacle will, be, will disappear. So yes, it may be up and down, but we will have that clear path. I was, um, years ago I was living in Germany and I wanted to do a trip to Italy. So until then I was pretty good at finding the right rides, flights, the connections, I will be on time. I don't know what happened since then. And <laughs> but that day, everything went wrong. As soon as I stepped into the station, I just jumped in into the wrong train, going the wrong, the wrong direction, high speed, and from then I just needed to try to go back to my desti- destination. But that was just the beginning of a long journey. So the situation was that I was in a country that I didn't speak the language. That country has a lot of strict rules and I was just breaking them again and again, being in the wrong train. And also that journey put me in quite compromising places and situations being approached by challenging people. And it was a moment of uh, threatening that the only thing that I could do is to pray my guru, say, please, you protect me. I am trying my best. I really am, but I'm in the middle of a country. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I might go. I I know where I want to go, but I don't know what is happening because everything seems like it was going wrong and the situations weren't helping. But the moment that I start praying to Yogananda, to my guru, and ask for his help, instantly, like a bubble of light, started like protecting me. And all that fear, that sense of being lost, that yeah, somehow like fear, what is going to happen, disappear. And a sense of love and security installed in my heart. If I felt like all my body was vibrating in that love, in that security, I know that everything is going to be just fine. Very interesting. From then on, everything was just aligned. I will get that right train to go in the right direction and, and meet also the right people that will help me. So I will be in my destiny just to take my flight. And this is what happens when we surrender, when we open our heart to the divine, to God. We let go and we let God to do it through us. There is so much to gain with all this. And an ingredient, a key ingredient in this journey is love. How do we love God and how do we love others? Sri Yuteswar said, we cannot take a step forward in the spiritual path without the natural love of the heart. And not only him, great masters of all religions talk about love. We just read in the, in the reading today, Jesus Christ saying, love each other, each other as I have loved you. But not only that, he said, and men will know that you are my disciples. And why is that important? As, as disciples, we have a responsibility not only to feel the peace and the 
hopefully joy when we meditate, but then when we are in the day-to-day, we still being disciples, and we are able, capable, actually is our responsibility to be channels of the light of our own guru through kindness, through the right action, the right activity. And we have the strength, we have all that it takes. We just need to be aware and willing. And also, uh, Yogananda, when he was saying, only love can take my place, what that he meant is that whenever we will love, he will just appear, manifest his body with bone and bones and flesh. It hasn't happened to me, but the role of the master is way, goes way beyond of just being in a body. Actually, the body lasts a few years, but the power of a master is the strong magnetism that he offers to change consciousness, even by being nearby, but also for all of us, to, when we tune into the guru, into the master, our consciousness can be transformed. So when Yogananda said that only love can take my place, he was talking about that magnetism that each one of us can be that magnet to share the love, to share the light with others. So we have a responsibility, friends. Uh, now let's talk about love. What is love? It's in the flowers. But also, can we create it? Do we love? Or can we store it? So I have a lot of love and when I need it, I can give it away. That doesn't work like that way. So Mikriyananda said that actually, that's a little bit like the problem. When we think that we love, we hate, we suffer, or we rejoice. When we put the, that emphasis on we, we are blocking that flow. We cannot manifest anything that is not already manifested. But what we can do is be channels for that love to flow through us. And the more we let go and we empty ourselves, the better that flow can happen. And then we can share with each other. Now, there is different kinds of love. One that we are very um, aware of is that personal love that we have pretty much right when, at the beginning, when we come to this planet through our family, then we have our friends. Uh, you, if you create your own family, you may find it with your kids, even with our pets. And that's very beautiful because that's how we train ourselves, how we learn to experience love. But that kind of love is limited and is centered in the ego. Sooner or later, it's going to disappoint us. So what we need to do, as we were saying at the beginning, is try to expand that love, not to make it only personal, but to transform it into divine love. A beautiful way to do it is that when you are in a situation with a person that sparkles that sense of love in your heart, try to detach it from that circumstance, from that person, from your pet maybe and try to feel that love in your heart. It is a vibration. So when you detach it from that object and you bring that feeling up to this point between the eyebrows, to the spiritual eye, try to offer it up to the divine. 
And by doing this, we can purify it and transform that personal love into divine love. Now, from, to do this, we need a few ingredients. One of them is stillness. We cannot be rushing, not physically, but not even mentally or emotionally. We need to be still and know that that's God and know that that vibration is love. We need to be aware. We need to offer ourselves because, again, we are not creating it. We are not doing it. We offer ourselves, and in that offering, God can flow through us. And the third ingredient is devotion. We, we don't do it, and it actually it's God doing it through us. The more open our heart is to that divine grace, the more it's going to flow. Recently, we had the eight-hour meditation in different centers at Ananda. But here in Ananda Village, a pretty big group of people were, med were meditating in this temple. At the end of the eight hours, it was a period of time where they played some songs, some music. And one of these songs were, it was the poem, God, 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 sent by Swami Kriyananda. It impressed me so much that when the song will go to these words, God, 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 a few people started singing in a whisper the name of God. And as the song was moving forward, going on, more and more people were joining and saying the word, God, God, God. Now it was very interesting, though being a whisper, it was the strongest thing that I felt in a very long time. A pretty big group of people meditating together, gathering together to experience God, to be with God, and to serve God with others, calling his name, even if he was in a whisper. It was so powerful that you could almost touch God. So we can do this to offer ourselves and go deep in what we already have in that devotion, in that dedication, because God cannot resist. When we open our heart and we call his name, he will be right there to come to us. Now, am I the only one struggling sometimes to love? Sometimes you are dealing with a person that is not that easy, or in a situation that you rather prefer not to be. But actually, uh, when, if, we don't, are, if we are not the ones creating love, if we only are that channel, why cannot feel love on those situations? Normally, it's because we are blocking that flow. And it's important because we have that responsibility to observe what is happening and why we are blocking that flow. It could be because fear, maybe because judgment or criticism. Try to see what is going on, what in that situation, what is happening. Because if you are a channel, what is blocking that flow of love? And as Swami Kriyananda said, it's not something it may take time to change, not just because we want to be different, it's going to be different, but we need to keep practicing and fall again and again, but try it again and again. And as we practice that, 
little by little, it will become a little bit better. So in this struggle, there is a very acute story about two meditators that they have been meditating for a long time, for many years. And they were really good on, on their practices, but their approach was different. One of them was very focused on the rules. He needed to meditate that many hours in that place, facing east, with the right clothes, with the right mat. Not everything was how it should be. And he had good meditations, pretty deep. The other meditator, it was more in the flow, but his major, his, the approach that he had was that he will meditate all the time with God. God, here I am. He may be struggling more than the other meditator, but he will be bringing God and say, I'm going to try my best. And I know that you are here with me and I want to give you all that I have. So let's try it together. And yeah, both of them will have deep experiences and deep meditations. But that day, a third person came to the temple. This was a new meditator and he didn't know about the etiquette. So he came with all the baggage, all the props for meditating, the cushions and the blankets and the food and he was ready. Finally, he decided to try meditation. He went into the temple and started propping everything. After a few minutes, the other two meditators realized there is one more with us today. So after a few moments, the new person started moving because it was uncomfortable sitting on the floor. And he kept trying, and a little bit later, he was hungry. So he took his bag of snacks, <laughs> opened it, and started eating. By that time, the other two definitely realized that there was a third person meditating with them. <laughs> a little bit later, those nuts created thirst. So he was thirsty, he needed water, took his canteen and started drinking. So at that time, at that moment, the first meditator was getting very annoyed. His time for meditation was interrupted. And even though he didn't say anything, he was feeling very agitated inside. That anger was taking power of him. You can just imagine how that would be making not only to his body, but also consciousness. While the other meditator actually was thinking about his new friend, thinking, I remember the first time that I tried to meditate. It was really uncomfortable. And it took me a while to steal my mind, to steal my heart. And in that process, the second meditator started feeling a deep love in his heart for this new friend and started praying for him that eventually he will find that stillness, that calmness, and from that, that he could experience the power of God flowing through him. The journey that these two deep, long-time meditators was so different, though it looked very similar. The first one with that attitude was pulling himself far from God, while the second one, it was creating like big leaps towards God just by feeling that love, that compassion for others. And that's how we should approach life best that we can, but try to feel that everyone that we meet is a friend, even though we don't know them that much, but in our heart of hearts, we know that that other person is trying his best. 
Now, we are about to end the year. And that reminds me that both Jesus Christ and Yogananda, it was at the end of their lives that they made that comment about love. Kind of saying, I taught you all these teachings, but if you need to remember something, remember to love. So now that we are approaching the end of the year, we may be writing our goals for this next year. Make love count. Because it doesn't matter what other goals we may have, if we include to develop love in every aspect, we will go much faster, much farther. As Suri Yuteswar said, forget the past. Everything will improve if you are making now the spiritual effort. That's where, what we want to focus on and to bring God in everything we do, to love God, to, to do whatever we do with God, because in his presence, this is like a flow, like a river flowing and cleaning all the obstacles and challenges that we may face. And it may be a little bit difficult at the beginning because love is something so personal each one of us will relate. We experience that love in a different way. And for some, that may be challenging. It, maybe it won't be easy, or it will look different, but try your best. Keep doing it, keep trying it, because even a little step toward that direction will bring us eventually to the goal. It's like a spark that may create a forest fire if we take that little step toward God, that may be the very first step towards enlightenment. So for this new year that may present ups and downs like that Ferris wheel, hold tight to that security bar, hold tight to the guru because he knows best. And as long as you are holding in there, when the trip is over, when that ride is over, the ride of life, we may be free. Many blessings. When the dawn breaks and then the morning sends the sun high in the sky, who would hide from heaven's glory? Who would last and challenge by? La 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 la
so all of us together can create a better land. Leave the past a new tomorrow, it's for all who understand. La la la, la 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 la, la 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 la, leave the past a new tomorrow, it's for all who understand. I've passed my life as a stranger lord Roamed far in foreign lands Far, Lord, far too far Only he who knows he's far from home only he, Lord, understands. Only he who knows he's far from home feels the earth and understands. Sometimes a stranger did take me in. Then love, I thought, was near. Love, Lord, where is love? As the winds upon the desert sand whisper hope, then disappear. As soft winds breathe on the desert sand, so love sighs, then disappears. Sometimes a child laughed, and I did pause and dreamed of joys at home. Joys, Lord, only a dream. For what joy is there without your smile? Empty like the ocean foam. For what joy is there without your smile? You're the sea, all else is foam. How long must I be a wanderer, Lord? You know where I belong. You know, Lord, yes, you know. Home is where my Lord's sweet presence is. I've grown tired of strangers' songs. 
Home is where my Lord's sweet presence is. Bless me that I hear your song.